Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Empire. you knew but you have no idea it's the urban sports scene you are listening to the urban sports scene with ray jeezy and myself well, I just wanted to say, there's no Will T. What's going on? You're actually in the building, I'm bro. in person. I can't even describe how I feel right now. But it's not restaurant <laughs> week. But it's, it's a blessing to be in person. Real talk, man. Just grateful to be alive and grateful to still be able to do this with you. So We're here, man. Shout out to Wole. Shout out to Wole. And, Will, and Will, T. The, Will T, my man. That's the man. That's the homie. Will T, definitely the Will man. Will T, he, he ain't going to listen to this. So I, could, <laughs> I could take some shots at him if I wanted to. But I'm not, though. I'm not picking uh, games tonight, though, so. We're not, nobody's picking out. games tonight, so it's a boost, right? Kind of gave uh, Hakuna the okie uh-huh. last week, though. I, I pulled a Will T. I, I switched it up on him oh, on, man, he, on Saturday night. Oh, so he, did you really? I did. For real? Yeah, I just want to see, you know, if Will T, his suspicions were correct, and I believe him now. No, 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 I'm joking. Don't be like Will T, man. I'm don't straight be like up joking. Dude. I could care less. <laughs> It's like he don't get the he don't get the collab aspect of what we doing. It's it's all right. Will T, bless him. <laughs> bless him, man. Hey, I forgot to mention we're part of Amplifier Media, and you can check us out on, on Amplifier Media at amplifiermedia.com. Amplifier Media hosts multiple DMV sports show sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Football Team Insider John Kime. And Jones Football, hosted by USA Today, Insider Mike Jones. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. And, of course, the show can also be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. You know what? It's hilarious. Every time, now we're going back and forth. I'm on saying like the the, uh, the locks thing, and now I'm thinking about that. <laughs> we'll, crazy. <laughs> we'll tease not in the building, but I'll say it for him. Let's get into our tradition. The pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll recap the Washington football team losing to the Kansas City Chiefs 31-13 and their upcoming game against the Green Bay Packers. Seawall Sports and Entertainment's Candy Waller will join the show. Then finally, we'll feature our interview with NBC Sports Washington's Washington Wizard, Re- Wizards reporter, Chase Hughes. Yesterday, we talked to him about the Wizards' op- season opener against the Raptors and much more. But right now, in the building... Well, I guess not in the building, but right now we <laughs> we have Seawall Sports and Entertainment's Candy Waller on the line. What's good, Candy? Hey, y'all! How y'all doing? In person, in person, right? In person for the first time <laughs> in, a, in a long time. I'll say that much. We had the Gary Russell interview too. Shout out to to, to to the Russell family. But it's always good to have you, and it's not Restaurant Week, Candy. So we're gonna have some fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. No trick questions about my my favorite restaurant. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. Not 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 today. I remember Carmine's though. I ain't forgot about it. Okay. Carmine's <laughs> like that. See, now we're doing it again. No, we're no, I'm joking. Again. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Candy, before we get into talking about the Washington football team, um, your show now airs on TV. Can you tell our listeners about your show? Absolutely. So um, now my show airs, if you're in the Washington metropolitan area and you have not cut your cable and you <laughs> have uh, Verizon Fios or Comcast Xfinity, my shows can now be found every Friday on Channel 11 if you have Fios or Channel 77 if you have Comcast mm. Xfinity. Oh. I have shows. 
um, coaching from the couch. That is your DC sports edition that we run down all of DC sports. And then now there's also a show dedicated solely to the Washington football team called coaching from the couch, the Washington football team update that comes on right after. So we're on from one 30 to two for the DC sports edition and from two to two 30 on the Washington football team update. Sweet. That triple dub pod coming back too soon, right? Or oh, it already that came back. Tri- the pod is about to, is about to be heating up. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. Hey, you know, know what I was thinking, uh, Ray and Candy? I was thinking that, you know, since we're doing YouTube stuff, we should try to link up with the Triple Dub pod and just do, like, a show about the Wizards. Like, just, a, just you know, just a show. I love it. Let's do it. I know, that, I know that's right. You know Live at Carmine's. Let's get <laughs> Live at Carmine's. Look, it's not Carmine's, but listen, or we could do it live in Carmine's, right? Because, hey, listen, like, I, I, as, as long as I really review the Wizards roster, because I'm like, who plays on the dead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you focus on Washington football. Nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Definitely, definitely not right. at all. So, all right, so Sunday, the Washington, you were in the building, so Sunday, the Washington football team retired the jersey of Sean Taylor. Uh, there was a lot of, there's a lot of controversy, there was a lot of controversy, controversy about the ceremony. Um, can you tell you what were your thoughts on the ceremony with Sean Taylor? I mean, the tribute to Sean Taylor. So let me start off by saying, much like you know, probably all of you and, and all of the listeners, <laughs> I was a huge Sean Taylor fan, <laughs> humongous. Um, it really, it truly, you know, broke my heart and so many others um, when he was taking us, you know, taken away from us um, too soon. <laughs> and so it was like that moment was a moment I had been waiting for. Like, I was anticipating the day they would retire his jersey and really do a tribute and dedication to Sean Taylor. So, I know there was a lot of, as we all know, a lot of controversy with it just being found out on three days' notice, all of that. I want to tell you, it, 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 even though the, the organization said they had been planning this for months, it didn't seem like it. Like, it did <laughs> It really didn't seem wow. like it. Um, it seemed like something that was thrown together. Um, the tribute video was nice. I enjoyed it, but it could have been a lot longer than that. It was like a smooth minute and 20 seconds. It wasn't, you know. Um, it was enough, though. I think it's important to mention this. His family was visibly emotional mm-hmm. after that tribute and after the video and everything. Um but it still, from my perspective, just wasn't enough. You know, while the video was running um, on the screens, the Kansas City Chiefs ran out the tunnel. Mm. Like, did they not know to wait? You know, like, maybe mm. no one told them, like, this is a special event. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and hold off on all of the, you know, everything. Um, and you all coming out. And so I don't think it was intentionally disrespectful. I know, of course, there was a lot of the reports about Jackson Mahomes dancing yeah. on the 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have conflicting views on that. Yes, you know, I can definitely confirm that that is where they were told to stay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They were okay. Yes. But it's still kind of like you should have known. Yeah. Like you just should not have stood there. Like you should have just like no. It was just like a complete lack of awareness on all parts. Um, it could have been better. It could it could have been better. It, it it just seemed like it was something that maybe they were planning it and they forgot somebody dropped the ball, but it absolutely looked like somebody forgot and dropped the ball. Candy, I have a question that has not been asked yet, and that's this. <laughs> Think about it. If Washington entered this game undefeated, of course, that would have brought more fans to the stadium. Would the time mm-hmm. frame have really mattered? Right now, I think we're piling on to an organization that people are pretty angry at. So what would your take would have been if it was still three days notice, but this football team was playing dominant football? Mm, good, that's a good point. That's a great question. People may not have cared. You know, I think <laughs> to your point, this is just a fed up fan. Mm-hmm. They're just mad. And, you know, I, I, I touched on this a bit on the Washington football team update show last week, where a lot of, you know, fans and media, you know, all of us together are, are really, looking at coaching and what's going on. But it's like the same thing for the last 25 years. 25, mm. 30, you know, we always mad at the coach. We always <laughs> mad at the quarterback. Yeah. Everybody's mad. And I think <laughs> the timing of 
the 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 emails with Bruce Allen and John Gruden. You know the stories about um, former Washington employees being bribed, and you know the DEA just ran up at Ashburn a few weeks ago. <laughs> but then, you know, I'm like, that's the story nobody's talking about. Like, are we going to talk about the DEA running up in there? Um, people are just they're just tired, and and they're and, and you're right, everything is just a pile on. It's like it just gets worse. <laughs> and this was supposed to be, you know, could have been a feel good moment mm. for fans, especially with it being such low attendance. Mm. But because it's just a, just another thing, people are just weren't happy. You know what? I, I do believe that everything you're saying is 100 percent accurate. It's unfortunate that we continue to have this same discussion about this franchise. And mm-hmm. on top of that, Candy, they lost the game. But yeah. <laughs> um, my my thought my thought coming into the week was um, Coach Rivera did not set a good tone by saying something to a, to the effect that I almost wish we didn't make the playoffs last season. I feel like that showed right there. I don't have confidence in my squad. Do you think that hurt the team going in? And what were your thoughts on the overall performance against Kansas City? I, I you know here's the thing with that comment that that Coach Rivera made. <laughs> <laughs> Like in my family, sometimes we say, you know, it's only bad if it isn't true, right? Mm. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I, I agree with Ron. Now, what I don't agree with is that, is that he said it out loud. Mm. Like he should not have said that out loud. That he's absolutely correct, <laughs> but it just should not have been said out loud. I think you know, Ron, perhaps Coach Rivera was getting what was getting next to him is all of the, the noise, all of the noise, all of the questions. You know, last last week, some of those pressers, in my opinion, Coach Rivera was visibly frustrated with the questions he was getting from media about coaching changes and scheme mm. changes and all that. He was sick of those questions. Um, this week, he admittedly said, maybe it's time for me to change my approach. Um, mm. Sitting in, in the stadium on Sunday, and seeing just the downfall in 30 minutes, right? I mean, you go into the half, the team is, you know, they're only up by three points, right? 13-10. Everybody knows Patrick Mahomes is a pro at being resilient. He can bounce back. Even when he's having a terrible game, he can bounce back. He can make things happen. He can get the football into the end zone for for six points, and then Mm -hmm. they get the extra point to make it seven. He does that. The team just fell apart. They they just did. And and it was so it was like even in the press box, everybody just got quiet. It was like all it was like all the media was defeated too. Like everybody oh, talked. <laughs> like it was eerily quiet. Like, wow. It just snowballed. That's unfortunate. I, I just used what you said to try to create a new hashtag. Uh, hashtag fed up at FedEx. That is wild. That is wild. So in, in your game that lost, then what was your biggest issue with the loss then? That they fell apart in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in that way. It was like they just, they just lost. They just, they didn't do anything else. <laughs> and like, like literally it was like did somebody tell them they had won at halftime and then they just stopped playing and it was you know i think the most disappointing thing i've seen yeah. is that we're seeing things that we're seeing them not do things that is just fundamentally incorrect like how like these missed tackles mm-hmm. and yeah. just how they're tackling it's like what are you doing i thought like, they don't teach that in middle league <laughs> I think well, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's wild. Bad. Yeah, it's wild because uh, right now, I mean, we talked about this on our on a on the um on a pre on our uh, post game show. Um, after right after the game, and we stopped. We talked about the poor tackling. You know, that was that was mm-hmm. something that was just atrocious. Uh, yeah, you know, just like you said, like the things that bother that bother me, um, especially in the second half. Forget, you know, um, I thought they did what they had. Like, in terms of the first half, they competed. Like, it's all about – and Ray knows this. We always talk about, I always talk, we always talk about this on the show. It's when you're playing against mm-hmm. a, a superior team, you just, you just want to compete. Forget mm-hmm. the outcome of a game, you want to compete. So, in the first half, they competed. Um, the second half, like you said, like you said, like you stated, there were a lot of 
like poor. There's a lot of poor play. Um, and I'm also I can add. I mean, I feel like to a certain extent, it's all about how your your opposition respects you as you know respects the opponent. I thought Patrick Mahomes threw through a lot of junk passes because he didn't respect his opponent. Like we're talking mm. about that one situation where he's basically falling down. And he just throws the ball up. I feel like that's an yep. element of not respecting your opponent. I don't think he throws that pass against, say, the Buffalo Bills, or he throws that same pass against um, the Baltimore Ravens, a team that you know that they're that are competing for you know a championship or competing at the highest level. But it's Washington. Their, their secondary sucks. The teams can't they can't check nothing. So he feels like you know because it's te- cause mm-hmm. the team they're playing against. Hey, I can make I can make a play on this. Like I can take yep. a chance. So. I mean, I think a lot of things happen for Washington to get that lead. And then a lot of folks, you know, even on Twitter, said, they stated, like, Washington ain't take the lead. It was the Kansas City wasn't playing their best football. Um, right. But I'm with you. Like, I'm just, I just want to compete. You know, I just, I don't care about the wins and losses. I want to see this team compete. Right. Right. They're clearly defeated. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's. It's, I've been trying to piece it together because sometimes I'll say to myself, okay, Coach Rivera is blowing smoke. Like the stuff that he's saying to the media mm-hmm. is probably not what he's saying to the team. But now I'm starting to think maybe he is saying that to the team. And that's why there's no improvement. Yeah, and I agree. I think so. I mean, to me, like Coach Rivera, and you, you talked about what you said earlier about the 7 9 being factual. I mean, this is my. It's only factual when you're losing. You know what I mean? Like this is my. It's only factual when you're losing because I said this on the our, on the show last on our again a post game show because we we talked about it like right after. Right. When he when they all right if he believed that they were they weren't that good like seven or nine they were, this team wasn't gonna be that good then he wouldn't have signed a a, a Fitzpatrick. You know what I'm saying? Like there's reason levels to this. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna improve your team if you felt like your team was. Like a, a okay team at seven and nine, you're not gonna say I'm signing Fitzpatrick and I'm gonna stay seven and nine. Like you're you're trying to improve the product, you're trying to improve the brand. So if you believe that your team wasn't that close from being at a certain level, there's certain statements you wouldn't have said. For instance, you wouldn't say that when we played the we arguably we arguably we played the pay, uh, the Buccaneers the best in the playoffs and they won the Super Bowl. That says to me that you believe your team was decent. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there's things you – like, the mis-messaging. Like, that's why I'm like, all right, you can't say this, but then when you're losing and you're not playing good football, you ain't going – you can't just say now, oh, man, I wish I was 7-9 and I wish seven and nine didn't get it to the postseason. Like, it just goes your, – your messaging is all off. Now that your team isn't playing the way that you thought they were capable of playing, now and you want to put the blame on we weren't – our talent – basically saying that your talent isn't good enough to be better than – what it mm-hmm. is right now to me yeah. if you want to keep if you, if you were competitive you know and you've been keeping the same messaging you really should put it on yourself as a coach or your coaching staff if you may not even want to put it on yourself but you got to put it on the coaches yeah oh for, for sure I, I do y'all remember last season i think it was after he pulled Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. and it was a lot of conversation about that and i think that was what after week four I think that I think was a little bit after, a little further, even further. They played, was it week four? It was around that time. Around that time? Okay. Yeah, around that time. it was like around that week four, week five. So I was waiting to see if they were going to make a quarterback change. They did. Now, well, I, now I figured they, that, that they Kyle weren't. Allen, New York. But I was right. waiting right. to see, right? Yeah. But then I remember last year, it was right around that week four, week five time when Dak Prescott got hurt. You know, the Eagles were having issues with Carson Wentz. It was going through their, mm-hmm. you know, off-room issues. The Giants, who got hurt? Saquon Barkley got hurt. And they had somebody else hurt. And that's what Coach Rivera was like. You know, he made a decision that they can go at least after the division. Yeah. And I always remember that because I said Coach Rivera made that decision basically because the star players on every other team in the division was hurt. Mm. Or they were, or they were having issues. That ain't what's happening right now. <laughs> like not with mm. Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He know they in trouble. He knows. Now I, I wholeheartedly agree with you guys. There's definitely been some mixed messaging. Yeah. Because you're essentially dealing with some of the same team now. Now on defense, that's completely different from a secondary perspective. The only person who's returned from last year, from a full season last year, is Cameron Curl, and then he's in a different position. And 
they are not good. Like they're not good. <laughs> like yeah. And I don't even know. I think William Jackson is playing in a different position and what he was uh, in what in, in a different scheme and what he was used to in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe they had Landon Collins playing in the box more. At least he was on Sunday. Oh yeah, Sunday they, they finally did. Sunday they finally they fi- had him playing in the box. They finally enough, did that. Enough. They did enough of it. Put it that way. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, but it's like you watch it, and it's still like to, to, it was a great point that um, you all made earlier about Patrick Mahomes, and he's not just going to throw that pass up in the air under pressure like that mm-hmm. again a top-level defense. He's just not. Yeah, He's made some errant throws this year. I get where you're coming from, though, but like someone said early in the week, it was unforced errors. Tyreek Hill usually catches that ball. It went off his hands. Patrick Mahomes usually doesn't make that play. So watching this defense did not necessarily create turnovers, even though they played better in the first half of that game. But, Candy, um, first of all, my bad. You're listening to the Urban Sports (laughs) Team, part of Empire Media, empiremedia.com. We, of course, are chatting with Candy Waller from Seawall Sports and Entertainment. And you have your second elite quarterback coming up on the schedule this week in Aaron Rodgers. You're going to Green Bay. For the first time this whole season, at least from my vantage point, I've seen the noise around Scott Turner's play calling become an issue for all fans, even those who are, you know, uh, I'll call them Scott Turner stands. But what I want to say is the reason why I mention him is because if you run the ball, you keep these elite quarterbacks off the football, off the, the field. So, What's your expectations going into Green Bay? Does this team have a chance to win? I guess they say every inning. You know, <laughs> don't do that. You don't, don't sound confident. confident. Don't do that, Candy. Don't do that. You don't, don't sound confident. Don't do that. Don't, keep it a buck. You say, just say no. Don't do it. <laughs> I don't think they have a chance. I don't. Like, I'm really sitting there. I was sitting there on Sunday like, win another game all season like they oh dang i mean we're that's what we up the the press media that's that's who you're speaking on behalf of right now she said the the press box sounded like whoa like this is this is bad and aaron Rodgers loves to pick apart defenses like he gets a rise out of it yeah you do gotta run the ball i love his swag man his swag is real when it comes to it keep him off the field Oh, I love it, Swag. I ain't gonna lie. Aaron Rodgers is like, I used to like not like Aaron Rodgers as much. Now he's just growing on. Even though he looks like he has like a, a drug habit or something now. Like, wow, how does he age so bad between like off seasons? I'm just saying. That, that's separate though. But he, he's all he's awesome. Yeah, Aaron awesome Rodgers is cool. The whole Bears swagger was awesome. It was, man. I, I love you. it. I own you. I own you. Yeah, but I definitely think they. Taylor Heineke's got to get better with his accuracy. He, 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 his arm strength is visibly weak. Can't teach that now. Yeah. That, that, you, that's not going to be fixed. Just like not, Tim Tebow. You know, you just got to play to his strengths. Play to his strengths. His is ain't horrible. His arm strength. His arm strength is yeah. bad. Like, it's not yeah. good. It's, and you ain't, like Ray said, you ain't teaching that. That's, <laughs> that's God-given. Yeah. And you don't got that, bro. That's, you just don't have yeah. it. And he bulked up, too. Yeah, and he got stronger. So yeah. You just don't have it, man. Some people just. Right. You know what I'm saying? Keep him off the field. Got to keep A-Rod yeah, off like, that field. Yeah, he, they got to find a way to keep him yeah, off the field. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, we just literally watched last night. And, I mean, there's two separate backs. I mean, this is the best back in football in, 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 in Henry. But we literally <laughs> saw, like, the Titans, like, they will they will serve this dude 24-7 and make you stop him. You got – I mean, I know this dude can't hold up. It seems like he can't hold up in Antonio Gibson. But if even when he's doing well, like, they'll go away from him. They won't even keep – Utilizing him and just going like going to the well with Antonio Gibson, knowing that he's a productive back for this football team. Or you can always you got three dudes on your team, well two for real, that are proven commodities in Gibson and, and McKissick for this season that have in most games were averaged over four yards a carry, you know, as a as a tandem. And you don't and you still want to throw the football like a hundred times. Like I just man. Am I, is this a Scott Turner thing again, Ray? Am I about to do a Scott Turner thing? I feel like I'm about to get on Scott Turner <laughs> Every freaking show I get on Scott Turner. But it's just really like, <laughs> th- like this whole coaching staff, like I feel like this team could be so much better. And I'm not saying they'd be world beaters, but so much better <laughs> if they could just, like if the coaches wouldn't get in and get out their own way. Like I just, this arrogance of people who coach these these dudes up. Like we talk about Landon Collins. It took Landon Collins like, Forever to be in the box. He was basically the linebacker on Sunday after he got beat on that on that pass uh, to get um, the Chiefs to the red zone. After that, after that pass, they damn near had him at linebacker most of the game. Yep. He played okay. He played okay when he was playing linebacker. 
But it took him that long to do it. Like, what's up with that arrogance? Like, you're going against Aaron Rodgers, man. Like, you were winning against yeah. Pat Mahomes. I, to me, you should have had this thought process against Pat Mahomes. Like, this shouldn't even take you long. Like, you going against Pat Mahomes, arguably when people have already made, like, the best quarterback in the NFL. Not to say that's yeah. true or whatever, but folks have called him the best quarterback in the NFL. Now you like, and you couldn't do it. You wouldn't. You were stubborn to not even start with that game plan against Pat Mahomes. You're saying you're going against Aaron Rodgers, bro. Like, there's no need to be stubborn anymore. Like, you're going against a Rod, man. This is the dude with the belt. You know what I'm saying? He do the belt. He yeah. do the belt gesture. You're like, you gotta, yeah. nah, man, nah. Like, come on, coach the staff. Come on, Del Rio. Come on, Scott Turner. Like, is it, to me, I'm gonna be real. If if they did the same type of performance over the next semi semi I mean this game they some some people gotta lose their jobs they gotta lose their jobs yeah yeah they're not they're not you know you watch other teams play right and that's that's probably like where I mean I love the sport so much that's because where I become a glutton for punishment because I'm watching all these other teams Mm -hmm. fall out and even the pace of the game is different but the coaching staff they're playing to win yeah you're going out there and you are playing to win. I'm not real certain what this whole passive attitude is that the coaching staff has. I, that's that's another thing that I've been questioning and trying to figure out. Why are they so passive? What is that about? Because I even tweeted at halftime on Sunday, like like I said at the beginning of this show, everybody knows Patrick Mahomes is, is resilient. Yeah. He, he can make it happen even when he has a bad day. Yeah. He can he can put up points on the scoreboard. Uh-huh. Why not come out aggressive? It was like yeah. they did the exact opposite. Like I said, like somebody had told them, "You guys are doing great. Keep doing the same thing. We 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 got the game in the bag." Like who doesn't know that Patrick Mahomes is is a, aggressively strong in the second half? Like he that's that's what he does. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's the coaches that. No, that 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 don't know. They they know. They just like they have this whole idea of being a squad that's less less aggressive. Right? You got something to say? Real quick, listen to this, Candy Big Cat on Twitter, which is hilarious to me. He posted the NFL power rankings of teams with two wins. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> so he got the Colts at number one, the Patriots at number two, the Forty ers at three, the Eagles number four, the Falcons at five, who Washington beat. Washington six and Seattle seven ahead of Seattle. Which Seattle? No, I don't know, I don't know about, about that. that. But how that list, that list is bad. Wash, a bad list. Washington went from Mike Greenberg Super Bowl pick to six on the two win power rankings. But that's a bad list. Your, your thoughts on that? That's a bad list. You you got me. That's a bad. List. I'm just saying. when he said that the Seattle over like Washington over Seattle. And wow. Atlanta, so you gonna put up Atlanta, seven? Okay. Atlanta so. over Washington be over Washington be Atlanta. Like that. That's a bad one. Okay, so so we go, but they would still be a six though. It's still bad. It's still no, or be at least be over Atlanta. Atlanta would be seventh, yes. Yeah, Seattle's ahead of Atlanta. Yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. so no, they would still be six. Six. You're right. What am I talking about? It's still six. So so how do how, how do we get to this point? Everything we're talking about now, but I know we were joking about it. Any given Sunday, it's a lot of football left to be played. Let's see what happens. But Candy, what's your final score for Sunday? Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. Uh, they might. I, 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 I think I'm being nice, and I'll give it thirty to twenty. Thirty to twenty. Dang, you got them against twenty. They couldn't score thirty against Kansas City. Um, shoot. Um, it could be, that's I'm tough. To, Are you being real nice? I know I'm with you. I you, you gotta. I feel like you gotta paint it to the fan base. I know what you're doing. It's good. I feel and I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. Um, yeah, I don't. They, Green Bay getting thirty. I mean, we can we can all we can we all can admit that they getting thirty. Um, I can't tell you what Washington's going to get, so I, I don't even know if they can get. I guess they can give you slightly more than thirteen, maybe sixteen. The way I don't know. I think I think folks are starting, and then Ray has said this, and I think somebody else has said this before, and we're about to kind of have to close the segment out a little bit. But um, teams are starting to figure out Taylor Heineke, so there's something yep. they don't have to do. They're going to have to change something up. Teams yeah. start to. There's, there's just enough, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there. I know we got to close out. Mm-hmm. Teams are starting to figure out Antonio Gibson too. I talked about this on the Washington Football Team update. He yeah. makes me so nervous with his handling of the football. Oh, well, he's always loose. He's loose. He's so he's loose. Too, he's, he's loose. too 
lose. Yeah. And, and and these and these linebackers and defensive backs on other teams, they know exactly where to hit him to get the ball out of his hands. No, I agree. He's he's very loose with the football. He's been like that for a while. And again, it's, you're talking about a receiver playing running back. It's a different skill mm-hmm. to it. I think people got to yep. start really, just because you just because you may have a certain size, a different skill level of how to how to protect the football. You you got guys who've been running football for forever, like. Tiki Barber was awesome in Virginia, awesome in, um, you know, his first couple of, you know, his first, he was awesome in the NFL, but it took him a t- it took him time to learn how to protect the football. And we're talking about one of the better running backs in his era. So, yeah, um, that's something he won't really have to work on because yep. they won't have to get that situated. But, uh, Candy, appreciate you for being on. But, again, let our, um, let our folks know how they can hit you up on social media and tell them about your show that's, you know, that's on Facebook and also now – on TV, you got it on TV in PG County. Yep, yep. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it as always. But folks, you all can find me on Twitter at Seawall SE, on Instagram at Seawall Sports, and on Facebook um, at Seawall Sports and Entertainment. You can catch the Washington football team update Monday evenings on Facebook Live, the DC Sports Weekly Edition, your recap of all DC sports on Thursdays at 7.30 on Facebook. And then on Fridays, you can catch both shows, um, Verizon, um, Fios, um, subscribers. You can catch it on Channel 11 and Comcast Xfinity. You can catch it on uh, Channel 77, 130 to 230. I mean, one, yeah, 130 to 230 is when the shows um, air. That's dope. That's dope. Well, Katie, appreciate you yeah. for being on. Well, we're going to have you back on. You already know it. We're gonna try, and again, we're going to try to do this Wizards thing. Yes, so you yes, know. absolutely. It's gonna, Just it's let us down. know when it's ready. All right, bet. All right, Candy, All right, take it easy. Guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, again, that was Candy Waller from Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Follow her on Twitter at Seawall S-E. That's at Seawall S-E. All right. When we come back from break, we'll play our interview with NBC Sports Washington's Wizards reporter Chase Hughes about the, the Wizards season opener. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saint for Aegis Yedig Deuces. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To the Urban Sports Scene with Ray Jeezy and myself, Woleu. Will T is out. We're also part of Ampire Media. That you can catch us at ampiremedia.com. All right, so yesterday, Ray and I interviewed NBC Sports Washington's Washington Wizards reporter, Chase Hughes, and the start of the season, uh, which the Wizards are playing the Toronto Raptors tomorrow, and also some of the changes this, this, this team made. We're going to um, play that interview right now. Take a listen. Right now, we have NBC Sports Washington Wizards reporter Chase Hughes on the show. What's up, Chase? Welcome to the Urban Sports Scene. It's, it's, it's a blessing you finally joined us, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad to finally be on the show because I know you guys have been at it for a long time, doing a great job. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. Awesome. So let's jump right into it. The NBA season is beginning on tomorrow, or at the time of this recording, it's on tomorrow, <laughs> uh, Tuesday. And 
Right now, we're seeing a lot of changes, of course, across the league. But with this Wizards team, changing coach, changing personnel. When Brooks was the coach, he was always a great interview, nice guy. But there was never any drama around the team or anything, at least from my vantage point. So is there any different vibe with all these changes with the new players, new coach? What's, what's the team looking like? What's the environment like there, there at uh, Capital One now? Well, there's a lot more practice and uh, more shoot-arounds. You know, that's kind of something that we saw early in Scott Brooks's tenure. Now, granted, a lot changed in the world, and, you know, there weren't very many off days last year to practice, but definitely in the last two years, even before the pandemic, they weren't practicing very much. Sometimes it was due to injury. But um, I know that that's affected me personally because I have to go to the practice facility, so we're going there a lot more often. And, uh, you know, they're having two-a-day practices and training camp, basically trying to have a lot more discipline and uh, instill um, just a lot more structure. Uh, Chris Miller, uh, my colleague, always has great nicknames for everything. He says that Club Med is over, and that's basically been the vibe, wow. I think. It's been um, very professional, very structured, and, you know, we'll see <laughs> if, 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 that takes, uh, if that translates to the court because, obviously, in the preseason, there was a lot that they need to clean up. But that's what I would say is the biggest difference so far in terms of the vibe. Wes Unsell Jr. just in general is also just a very good interviewer. Uh, and, you know, right. he, he has not been a head coach before, but he handles himself really well in press conferences. I've been really impressed. You know, you go back and transcribe his words and he's just dropping knowledge left and right about the game of basketball. And I personally appreciate that. Wow. So that's dope. Um, from a personnel standpoint, you know, how do you think the new players are developing chemistry and, it's Tommy that brought in these new guys. I think he gets a pretty high grade considering the, the moves he made, moving that contract with John first, now Russ. So do you expect the team to, to hire a president of basketball operations or just Tommy Ship uh, moving forward? Well, first on the personnel, I think a different difference in the vibe has also been just they have so many professional veterans now. Uh, you know, they still have a pretty That's decent true. nucleus of young players with like Denny Abde and Rui Hachimura and Daniel Gafford. But the collective group is just – there's just a lot more depth in terms of proven veterans. So guys like Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Spencer Dinwiddie, the way they talk about how they practice and how they dissect film, um, I think the team is leveled up in that regard just in terms of the quantity of professional veterans. We'll see, again, how it translates to the court. They're playing in a tougher conference. Um, you know, they went from two stars to one. So it's, and they gotta, they gotta get a lot of these guys on the same page under a new coaching staff. So it's, it's not going to be easy. It might take some time, but I think Tommy Shepard does deserve, uh, some praise. Uh, certainly when you look at all the different steps he took from starting with the John Wall Supermax contract and where they are now and the flexibility that they have moving forward, obviously they lost a really good player in Russell Westbrook. I think he did a good job with the initial trade. But uh, now they've got more depth and they've got more mid-level contracts. So I think he's got the right ingredients to build a really good team. I think certainly there, there's more to evaluate in terms of his tenure. It's almost like someone who just got back uh, from Whole Foods with a lot of really good ingredients. Now now they got to cook the meal. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. Like another metaphor would be like they demoed the kitchen and now they just got back from Home Depot or Lowe's. But now it's almost like the hardest part. Like I, I can I can demo. I can knock down a wall with a sledgehammer. <laughs> my, my brother is a contractor. He knows how to actually make a kitchen look nice. I can't do that. So so they've kind of arrived at the toughest stage. But um, I, I wrote this, you know, at the end of last season, you got to make good moves. You have to make a lot of good moves and kind of stack your chips. And I think he's done that. You know, there's just a quantity of good moves between the Daniel Gafford trade and, you know, I think Denny Avdi and Rui Hachimura are pretty good picks and Corey Kispert and, you know, some of the guys he acquired this offseason. I, I think at some point if they stay on this path, that he's going to be able to put it all together. But it just start, sorry to answer your, your last question. I don't, I don't foresee any major changes to the front office anytime soon. Um, you know, they have him and Sashi Brown in place, but you are going into the third year of what they did. And the Wizards had a consultant before they overhauled their front office who uh, was on the record recently with Bleach Report saying that he tells team owners and team governors and chairmen uh, that you got to give it three years before you know what you had. And uh -huh. so I, that quote, it didn't pertain to the Wizards, but he probably told Ted Leonce it's the same thing, right? So I think uh -huh. this third year is an important one for him. So, so like to me, oh, so where you got something you want to say? I guess maybe, maybe not. So I'll sorry for me. <laughs> I'll go for me. Um, looking at obviously Bradley Bill's the centerpiece of the squad. He is, he is the star. He's the, he's the guy. 
how is he vibing with his new new, te- new teammates? Because, you know, he's playing, he's got Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell. These are different personalities as well. So uh, how is he vibing with his teammates, his new teammates? I think he really likes the direction they're heading in. Um, you know, I think he appreciates the fact that the team is is really trying to design a roster around him. I think they did a good job kind of complementing his strengths and maybe uh, filling in the gaps around him, you know, defensively, um, more guys who can shoot, more guys who can create off the dribble. So he should have more space on offense and I think fewer responsibilities on defense, which even though he he's he can be a capable defender, you know, in the right mm-hmm. matchup, but certainly you don't want to see him guarding Jason Tatum uh, or Tobias Harris, someone who's like five inches taller than mm-hmm. him like he did last year. So I think he appreciates that. You know, they happen to bring in a lot of guys that he gets along with pretty well. Uh, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope has been like his one of his best friends since high school. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was a move that, you know, he was a big fan of. I think they really get along uh, personality-wise. So I think what they've done is is they've really moved the direction, moved the the organization in Beal's direction, and kind of built a roster around him that should be able to augment his strengths. And I think what the net result of that is going to be is that even more so than in the past, their results are going to be tied to Bradley Beal. I think if they win, he's going to get a lot of praise. But also if they lose, I think people are going to be like, well, you know, we saw the numbers when you're on a bad team. Now you've got some help. You know, you you should be winning some games. So I think this team's going to be tied to him more so than ever before. So there's been a lot of noise around Brad since he's been on this team, of course, as he's grown into the star player he is now. You had Westbrook trying to advise him to move on. You got so many trade rumors that involve his name, but yet he seems committed. However, he has not re-signed yet. Are the Wizards, are they, are they gambling too much? We're waiting on, on his decision. And what do you think he's going to do? What's the vibe around just Bradley Beal alone? Because I think he wants to be I think he wants to be the guy that leads this team to a deep playoff run. I don't think championship is his number one priority because based on what he said, deep playoff run is his goal right now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, a deep playoff run would keep him happy and, and, mm-hmm. and make him want to stay. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to jump to a super team. He's, he's 28. He can I think I've always said like he's 28. He could get that next contract. And then like a year into it, decide he wants out. You know, you get the money, uh, you know, you, you secure yourself. Ben making, Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Four to 500 million. And then you get out, you know, kind of like, like he doesn't have to do it yet. He's only 28. You know, he should have many years left in his prime. Um, so as far as the extension, the wizards have made the offer, but I'm getting the sense that they don't really expect him to sign it or at least not anytime soon. And that's mm. going to create. A really interesting situation. And first of all, I say that because I was talking to someone in the front office the other night and they kind of described it as a formality, kind of like we gave him the contract, but let's be honest, he's going to, he can make a lot more money if he waits. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, okay, that kind of, yeah, that kind of, that kept it real and it kind of set the expectation for me. And I was a little bit apprehensive to set the expectation going into this because we did that last time and he could have waited and potentially made more money. And of course he signed the deal. Um, So I, I didn't really know which way to go on it. I thought maybe he would sign the deal, but after hearing that, as you can see, I'm on the fence myself. (laughs) After hearing that, I think he'll wait. And that's going to create a situation where, you know, if they get off to a slow start, um, you know, you think the trade rumors have been bad in the past. Just like, wait, wait until that happens. Or if they get off to a hot start, then maybe he's more inclined to sign it. But obviously this has all been in theory to a certain extent. As you approach that trade deadline, it's going to, it's going to, like, it's going to be decision time. They're going to have to make a decision because you can't let that guy just go for nothing in free agency if you're the Wizards and, you know, you haven't had much luck in free agency and there's no guarantee you can find someone as good as him, even in the draft. So I I think this is a month to month thing. And, you know, we're in October. You asked me in January or February, things could be a lot more interesting by then. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself for now on that. But, you know, I I hate. (laughs) You think they should trade him? No, when when you dangle the name Ben Simmons out there and you don't have a commitment, man, Ben Simmons with this current roster, with the wings, with the shooting, I think, and his size, defense, we're talking defense, which has been a weakness of this team. That's a tempting offer for me personally. You know what I mean? I'm not Tommy, but this this franchise seems committed. And I want to ask this. I hate to bring it up. I really do. But in Brooklyn, obviously New York is a different situation, but the Nets are like, we're not offering Kyrie an extension if he's not going to get vaccinated. It's like, it's no point. But Brad, he's maintained his stance, which is his choice. You know, I respect it personally. But the Wizards are still all in on him. What does that say about Washington? And are they, again, are they just 
are they just naive or they they really want Bradley Bill to be the centerpiece of this franchise moving forward? Because I I would think that would affect his uh, status moving forward in terms of a contract extension. You agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to the Wizards and Bradley Beal, it's very different than uh, a lot of other franchises because he's legitimately one of the best players in franchise history, and they know it's really difficult to get a player like him. You know, you could get five first-round picks back and and not find a 30-point score in that mix. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's really, really difficult to do. And beyond that, I mean, he's really like the perfect face of the franchise in terms of how he – you know, handles himself uh, off the court. I mean, within the community. I mean, he's he's absolutely perfect. Like, if you were to come up with a prototype for a face of the franchise, he's perfect. And also, I think that the way I, I've defended it, especially in recent years, when everyone was saying you got to trade him, you got to trade him. I don't blame them for wanting to see where this goes because if you look at his trajectory, um, he's he's probably on the cusp of being a top ten player right now. Of course, he made All NBA last year. If he made another leap, then you're talking about top eight, maybe top five player in the league. And if you look at James Harden when he was at this age, it was like right before he became an MVP. So if you design a roster around him and maybe a system around him like James Harden had, there's no guarantee that he'll make that leap because James Harden literally became one of the best scorers of all time. But I think it would be a shame if you traded him and then he became that guy. So if you go into the season and, and you see him taking another leap, then maybe you'll be rewarded for that. If you see him plateau, then, you know, maybe it's fair to question about whether he's worth 235, 240 million or whatever, because, you know, you look around the league. Yes. A lot of guys can qualify for that contract, but realistically, very few are the types of players where you give that contract and you're not going to regret it. Like yeah. Giannis, you're not going to regret it. A lot of these guys, you don't, but th- there's really not that many players that are on that level. And Bradley Beal is kind of right on the the, the line. Yeah. So I think it's wait and see. And I, I think they hope and they're banking on him getting even better than he is right now. Harden, right, you mentioned that James Harden, man, because James Harden is a whole different animal because he passes the ball <laughs> a lot more too. He passed, he's a, he's a, for, he, when people talk about James Harden, they, they see the 30 point scoring, but they forget he's a willing passer. He is such a willing passer. And he's a good passer, too. He is. He really yeah. is. All right, so let's get right to the uh, to the uh, game on Wednesday, season opener, which is take on the Toronto Raptors. What should fans expect to see from the team in that game? Well, hopefully better defense than they saw uh, in the preseason. <laughs> exactly. Because the Wizards were, you know, they've been talking defense, and then they had the worst defensive rating of any team. They gave up the highest three-point percentage and the most threes. And it was like, you know, 43% from three, and they're giving up like 17 threes a game. Like, those are historic numbers. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to win very many games doing that. And so I think with the Raptors, what they have is a really good early season test because the Raptors, though they've got a lot of holdovers from last year, there's also some mystery surrounding them, and they're kind of in the same tier as the Wizards. Everyone's wondering, like, okay, was it just the fact that they had to play in Tampa last year and they had some injuries and they had a COVID outbreak? Are they still, you know, a top four or five team in the East? And they added Scotty Barnes, who looked really impressive in the preseason when I saw him the other night. You know, they've got OG Nobi and Pascal Siakam and, and Fred Van Vliet. And, of course, they lost Lowry, but Drogic was killing the Wizards just like he always does in that game. So I think it'll be a good test, like a good early season baseline test for the Wizards where it's like, all right, are they on the Raptors level? okay, are the Raptors better? If the Raptors are better, is it because the Wizards aren't very good or the Raptors are all of a sudden back in the top upper echelon of the Eastern Conference? So I think in that sense, it's going to be really interesting (laughs) to see. Um, You know, certainly individual performances will be interesting to watch. Like, you know, Denny Avdia, does he look better than he did last year? Uh, Which of these veterans that they brought in can kind of reclaim the magic they had of just a few years ago? Like Montrez Harrell, Caldwell Pope, Dinwiddie. Um, Kuzma, a lot of these guys put up bigger numbers not that long ago. They had to adjust to different roles. So maybe one of those guys will kind of benefit from a fresh start. But I think overall it's the defense because you got Wes Unseld, you got the defensive personnel. But as we know in this town, you guys are Washington football team fans. And the Wizards have done this too. Sometimes uh, they talk the talk and they can't walk the walk. (laughs) That's crazy. Like you mentioned – like about the Toronto Raptors ro- uh, roster because before before the show even started, uh, Ray and I were talking and I was saying that that I think the Wizards have more talent than Raptors. 
uh, when you look at the players they did bring to to, uh, to their team. And it would be all, to me, predicated on coaching and seeing, and seeing how they get these guys together. Because, again, you're having – you have Bill, who's, like you mentioned, one of the top players in this game. Uh, Kuzma, who, if he plays smart, can, is an effective is, – is a good scorer. Um, you, I think Harold is, is, a, is a beast. I think Montrez, the Lakers use him incorrectly. I'm a Lakers fan, and they use him incorrectly. <laughs> so I know this. I know this. They use him incorrectly. I don't know what – I don't know what Coach was doing with uh, with Harold because Harold is, to me, could be such a steal for the Wizards if used correctly, especially coming off the bench. I think he can do so many things for the Wizards. So I think the Wizards – this is a good game for the Wizards to kind of showcase their new team. Yeah, Harold's interesting to me because um, I've always liked his game. You know, he's mm-hmm. such like a blue-collar yeah. player, and, uh, you know, he's, sc- he's a scorer now, and he does so efficiently even without shooting threes. Yeah. Um, but you just know you never have to worry about his effort from night yes. to night. And obviously he didn't have a great year in L.A. He'll tell you that. He thinks he wasn't utilized correctly. Facts. But if you look at uh, – and this is just one measure, but if you look at the preseason player rankings going into last year – so everything was kind of equal for these guys because, like, Dinwiddie was coming off his best year. Harrell was coming off his best year. Uh, you know, other guys were younger, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and, and he, he was coming off a good year. Montrez Harrell was ranked pretty easily as the highest-rated player on that team, like higher than Dinwiddie, which surprised me. I was looking at, like, the Washington Post rankings. So it's not that – we're not that far removed from everyone understanding that Montrez Harrell was a really good player and probably, like, a top 50, maybe top 60 player – in the NBA and like people have talked about the center rotation and how that's going to sort out. And I'm a huge uh, fan of Daniel Gafford's game. And I think Thomas Bryant is going to come back strong. And I think they really missed his three point shooting last year, but I almost feel like <laughs> Harold's the safest bet to be the most consistent guy in that rotation. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to take him out of the rotation. Not going and like <laughs> last year he fell out of the rotation in LA, but they had championship aspirations and they had the number one defense in the NBA. The bar, although it's going to be higher than it's been in recent years, like it might not be so high defensively that he's not going to be able to stay on the court. I, I think he's going to be a tough guy for Wes Unseld to take out of the, the game, to take out of the rotation, because he's yeah. always going to give you that effort. The defense thing in L.A. was a scapegoat thing, and and it was a scapegoat. He's not – there are worse defenders. There were worse defenders on that squad than Montrez, to be honest with you. I think that defense thing was – they were trying to use that as an excuse. He he brings a lot of effort, which I I, I really respect. So what are the wizards? I, so so to the wizards lineup, knowing that Rui Rui was going through mental uh, you know mental health issues and whatnot, but now you know he's back. Um, how is the, his positioning going to be on the starting unit? You got Kuz who who completely played the the stretch forward too. Now he can play the three or the stretch four. You got Rui. They both of these both are kind of like similar in a way. Kind of, but not that much in terms of height and whatnot. What's the what's the choice of, in lineups with 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 between Rui and a Kyle Kuzma? Well, certainly to start out, I think Kuzma will be at the four and KCP at the three. Okay. And you know, going into the season, Tommy Shepard said that he thought that um, Rui Hachimura's role as the starting uh, power forward was safe. Um, okay. So unless Unseld feels differently or something, you know, happened behind the scenes where Kuzma really impressed or something. I think Rui's going to take over that starting power forward spot when he returns. He's never come off the bench in his NBA career, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. You know, he started as a starter, and every time he's come back from an injury, they've put him right back out there. Um, at the three, it's interesting. Right now, if I had to guess, I think KCP might stay at the three, even when Rui comes back and right. Kuzma would be bumped to the bench. Right. But I don't think that's their best lineup. I think their best lineup would have Kuzma at the three and Rui at the four. And the reason I say that is because if you do that, then the bench really falls into place logically because if KCP is in the starting lineup, then he can't be your backup too. And then I think you get a little thin at the guard position, particularly behind Bradley Beal. You know, right now it looks like they're going to be willing to rely on Howell Neto and Aaron Holiday as a backup backcourt. And I think those guys could play pretty well together. Obviously it's undersized, but they're going to be pretty good defensively and they can both shoot. Um, and I think either way, if, if all things are equal between those guys, you got to find ways to get them on the floor. But I kind of like KCP better in that backup two guard role. And if he's starting, he can't be in that. So that's how I expect it to go right now. Kuzma is the starting four when the season starts, but then replaced by Hachimura. And, and I guess uh, KCP will stay at the three unless they want to bump him out. 
Chase, one thing we've learned is expect the unexpected with this team. Like, who could have <laughs> predicted that Robin Lopez would be one of the shortest centers last year for the Wizards? That hook shot. I mean, it was money. It was almost nine for ten he would he would make on those hook shots. And then you never knew what position you would play as a player. I think Neto said that at, at an early press conference. Like, I didn't know if I was going to be the four to three with Brooks. So we don't know what to expect. But give us some sleepers. I honestly think if if health comes into to uh, into play, like if, if Holiday or Beal or uh, even Dinwiddie become injured, I think Cassius Winston is a good floor general and he could be a sleeper pick. But somebody who is a key contributor where you didn't see it coming, what do you think? Well, Cassius, yeah, I think he's got a bright future. And it looks like he's, his uh, hamstring injury is clearing up. I actually saw him at mm-hmm. practice today kind of doing more than we've seen him do. Uh, so that's good. You know, they didn't feel that he was ready for a top three point guard role, but I think the hope is that by the end of the season, he is, um, you know, Aaron Holiday's contract year, Howell Neto contract year. So maybe Cassius can be one of those guys next season, but maybe by the end of the season, he can um, play a factor. Uh, in terms of sleepers, I do think Aaron Holiday setting up for a, a pretty good year. I think Montrez Harrell at this point might constitute a sleeper because it seems like a lot of fans are focusing on Daniel Gafford for good reason and also Thomas Bryant. It seems like a lot of people think that Harrell might be the odd man out, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know if Kispert's going to make a major impact this year uh, as a rookie. Um, So as a sleeper, I I think I might highlight uh, at this point Aaron Holiday. You know, he was he was impressive um, throughout the preseason and I think he's really motivated in a contract year. And I think he's a smart player, a capable player who, you know, two years ago had a pretty good season shooting about 39% from three. Uh, those numbers dropped last year, but I think he's like a prime candidate for a bounce back season because he's got all the reason in the world to be motivated. You're listening to the urban sports team, part of Amplifier Media that at AmplifierMedia.com. Right now we are chatting with Chase Hughes, NBC Sports Washington's Wizards reporter. So Chase, you said that, Crisper may not get a lot of playing time. Really? Cause I actually like the young boy. I, I, I am actually a fan of him. I think he's more athletic than what people say. For some strange reason, this, this athletic card is thrown out there. He's athletic. Um, he <laughs> can shoot. He is, it's, dude, I watched him because I could do this very athletic. He'll bang very on athletic. He's very athletic. Um, and he can shoot. <clears throat> I think that somebody, the Wizards, I would think that would, would want to play. Well, I just think right now, like, there's 11 players that are going to be fighting for 10 spots, and it just uh-huh. looks like he might be that 11th guy. Okay. You know, um, the last couple games of the preseason, we saw a better look at the rotation, and he didn't really have as, as much of a secure role as, like, Davis Pertans did at the moment. Now, things will change over the course of the season, but I also would go back to there's a few comments that Wes Unzel Jr. has made leading up to the preseason and throughout the preseason about how Corey Kispert's, you know, maybe not going to play a ton to start out. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear the Wizards don't think that he's going to be spending any time in the go- in the in the G League this year with the Go-Go. You know, maybe that ends up happening. But I do think people need to keep in mind, like, we talk about all this wing depth and, oh, how are they going to play everybody? Um, this is the Wizards. There, there's going to – I mean, this is the NBA. There's going to be injuries. But yeah. you guys know the Wizards get killed by injuries every year. It's probably mm-hmm. going to – Take care of itself. I mean, yeah. like one guy gets injured, maybe two, and all of a sudden Corey Kispert might be in the starting lineup. So yeah. I think he's going to play plenty over the course of this season. And, you know, he plays a position on the wing where, you know, maybe you can slide him over to the two. Uh, right now it looks like he's ideal as a three. Um, but maybe there's way he can find ways he can find his way into the lineup. But certainly you look at the shooting, the catch and shoot ability okay. from long range. Um he he's pretty good at catching ghosts too, like catching uh closeout defenders off balance. And he's a pretty good cutter. Um, I think defense will be the biggest question for him uh, going into the season. He's probably going to have a, a heck of a time trying to keep up with NBA wings. Yeah. Um, but offensively, I, I think he'll find his way. You know, he made a few shots off the dribble in the preseason. He's got, he's got a skill set that I think he's rounding out that as long as his threes are falling, he'll stay on the floor and he'll have the opportunity to do that. Not many teams play defense. I mean, players play defense in the NBA anyway. That's a, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's another overrated thing too. <laughs> Believe me, not. I, I hate that. I hate that. I hate when people talk about young players that way. Like, oh, their defense has to get better. I'm James Harden is one of the best players in the league, and he plays a lick of defense. He used to play defense, but he plays a lick of defense nowadays. So, um, yeah. So, but under Wes Unsell Jr., you might have to play some defense. You have to. You, you might have to. Unless you can defense, score man. like Harden. 
Yeah, you're gonna, gotta, have, you're gonna have to play some defense. You definitely right. So I want you. I want to go back to something you said about the the tier where the Wizards are at with Toronto. They're playing Toronto and they're playing the Pacers. They're both like to me on that similar tiers. How important is to set the tone early? I think it's really important. You know, the Wizards want to get off to a hot start. Um, whether they can probably depends on the chemistry that they've built in the preseason. You know, Kyle Kuzma was pretty honest the other day saying it might take 20 games for them to all get on the same page. But these are the teams that you're going to have to be vying for playoff position with, right? Um, you might have to have a better head-to-head record against the Raptors and the Pacers to stay out of the play-in tournament uh-huh. or to, you know, be the seventh or eighth seed. So you get home court and only have to win one game if you do go into the play-in tournament. Um, you know, the Raptors are an interesting test for the reasons I specified earlier. I think the Pacers are an interesting test because they're well coached and they're probably a better team than they were last year. Mm-hmm. But also they have some size down low with DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner. Yep. And that's like a low key question for the Wizards going into this year. Mm-hmm. Their tallest players are 6'10. And those guys aren't exactly bangers, you know, like mm-hmm. um, Daniel Gafford's kind of a skinny guy. Uh, you know, Thomas Bryan has kind of a skinny lower body. The Wizards biggest players are 6'10 and not like built like defensive ends. So if you're playing big teams and those aren't, that's not even one of the biggest teams. You know, obviously if you play Giannis or Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, like that's, that's going to be a thing. And like, even when you play like the Brooklyn Nets, like Kevin Durant's going to be taller than everyone on your team. So it's, it's, it's might be something that I think they, they may have to look to address mid season. You know, they may have to look at, uh, obviously, you have to make midseason moves, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go into the deadline being like, all right, we got to add some size to our front court. No doubt, no doubt. So you mentioned play-in, and it's funny because somebody texted me when <laughs> Bill made the comment, hey, we, I want to lead this franchise to a deep playoff run. Somebody said, you mean deep play-in run? Like, it was a joke. <laughs> like, this team is not built for a deep playoff run. That, that, this is what somebody said to me. This is not me. I'm just saying. So – what are your expectations for this season? Are we looking at another play-in tournament uh, spot for the Wizards, or are they going to secure a playoff spot? And what's that? Is that the top six or seven, or is seven through ten the the, uh, the play-in? <laughs> I, I think it's gonna be tough to get in the top six. Yeah, I, I think it'll I think it'll go very similar to last year. Hopefully, mm. steadier throughout the course of the regular season. Right. But I, right now, I predict them as the eight seed, and then get mm. into the playoffs by winning the play-in tournament. So. I guess it's uh it's it's the answer is yes to both. I think they'll get into the playoffs, <laughs> but they they got to go through the play-in tournament first. But um, you know, it's it's going to be a tough conference. Like it's going to be it deeper is. than it's been in a while. I think to get that eight seed, you may need a five hundred record. So even if the Wizards are better than they were last year, um, I think they might end up exactly where they were. Now, hopefully, they don't go to fifteen games under five hundred and have to climb all the way back by going seventeen and six down the stretch of the season. But I think they're going to be steadier throughout the course of the year because of their depth and because of the defense that I think will eventually round into form. Mm, interesting, man. I, I like the Hawks, of course. I'm not sure about the Knicks. I'm just insane in comparison to the Wizards. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are teams, we just mentioned the Pacers, the Raptors, that we know the Wizards can compete with. The Wizards played so well, though, against the top teams last year, the, uh, the Jazz, the Nuggets. They have potential Brooklyn. So, and Brooklyn is, is to me, they're the one that I'm like, if injuries or chemistry don't come together, they might not be where we think they are. So the Wizards have a chance. I liked what the Heat did. Chicago made good moves on paper. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to predict playing just yet. I think the Wizards might surprise some people because of the new coach, because of the new defensive scheme. And like you said, you've been using the word professional. And that's a big change. That's a huge change for a franchise that, has run a certain way over the past five years. So I'm not going to say playing just yet, but playing is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, Ray. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> it can happen. I mean, Unless, you lose it. <laughs> Unless you lose it, then it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, well, I'm not a fan of playing game. I'm, I'm all about just straight eight. I don't get the yeah. whole. I like the playing game, but I don't, I, I think it's like too complicated. The, the win is. twice and get in. Just thank John you. Barrett, John yeah. Barrett messed it up for everybody. I, I'm just hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should do it just like baseball. Just have like wild card games. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Or, or just have it with the AC. Stop. Don't include the seventh seed. Like just let the seventh seed have its spot. You know what I mean? But I like yeah. it. Like baseball, a wild card. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. 
I'm a Wizards fan. Though. I'm a Wizards fan. I can't. I can't hide it. Sometimes so I, I know you be, can't. Obviously, I gotta be. I gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I heard it when about not being the playing game. So I heard it already. So I heard. It. It's okay. I, well, I'm, well, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not football to tell. Tonight, I said so. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to make that leap yet. That's I know. I can tell. I got you. I, I, I vibe you, man. I did. I did, bro. I did. <laughs> All right. Hey, Chase. Thanks for being on the show. Before we let okay. you go, how can folks reach out to you on social media? Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter at uh, Chase Hughes NBCS. Hey, Chase, we appreciate you being on. Hope we can have you on again during the season. Yeah, man, absolutely. Let's do it for sure. All right. Thanks, Chase. Thanks, right, guys. That was dope. You know, the Urban Sports, you know, it's putting out bangers. All right. We are not making our week seven NFL picks um, on this show, but you can check out our picks on the football, gar- football garbage time website. Just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. All right, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. You can check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene. Uh, Amppire Media at amppiremedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amppire Media shows as well as other great content. Hey, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Candy Waller, for bringing, dropping the knowledge about the Washington football team. And also, gotta again give out some a special shout out to, to the homie Chase Hughes uh, from NBC Sports Washington. He's the Washington Wizards reporter. Want to appreciate him for being on. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening again. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. Yiddig deuces. A mega. Get this out, big homie.